Welcome to Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast, your weekly dose of many discussions and opinions, a show where we get comfortable being uncomfortable. And remember, no topic is off limits. Now let's talk about it. Let me just make sure I don't have enough coffee for the whole show, but that's okay. We're going to make this work. (laughs) And no problem. No problem. We're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get started. Welcome back, guys, to another week and another episode on Double Dose of Raw Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Misty. And today... Um, I'm so, thank you. See, <laughs> already, I'm already, I'm laughing. Like yeah. this, this is already starting. Like, what did I get myself into? I don't know. But <laughs> here we are today. Um, this is going to be an entertaining episode. Um, on many levels. I hope so. It, you know, mm. it will be. It will be. I, I'm, I'm very confident that it will be. Um, on many levels, I actually don't want to miss my notes. So let me go to my notes of what well, we're going to talk ready, about. Prepared. I love this. Listen, I put work into my agendas for a reason. Here we are. We have a full agenda, as always. You know, my audience already knows that, and we have a pretty dope guest here. Uh, one half of a podcast, but also one man show. Right? Yeah. Am, am, yes. am I going on the right? I'm a right you track it. here. You got it. Actor, comedian. I, yeah. I could go on here, but yeah. lately what I do is keep going. We got enough time to record. No, no, no. <laughs> but what I like to do these days is I like to give the microphone off the bat to my guests to mm. introduce themselves. So my dear guests, would you please introduce yourself to my listeners? Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I go by the name of Rick Wynn Herrera. Um, I'm a very spiritual human being. I'm artistic. I'm creative. I'm a father. I'm a husband i'm a brother i'm um just a a a a passionate human being um that tries to do right and learn from my mistakes and uh learn and grow within myself and others and still figuring out certain purposes in my life and some of them that i do know what they are and you know i'm just enjoying and still figuring out life until i'm here until the time to return home and just doing what i love and showing love to others. Um, I'm like a Sancocho, man. You know, in Sancocho, that shit has so much stuff inside and it tastes good altogether. So yes, I taste good. Not, <laughs> but you know, so it's like, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just a big part of everything. And, you know, I have many different layers to myself and I'm still figuring out myself too. So, right. Cause you never stop learning and growing right now. I may think I have a grasp, but when I'm 60 or 70, hopefully I'm able to, you know, still be alive at that time. I may not like myself. I may not be able to work, walk, you know what I'm saying? Or something, or like, I may have like a grouchy, maybe something happened in life and I don't want to be around people. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Maybe I'm, there's something new I'll learn about myself at that time. Hopefully not, but hopefully yeah. not. Um, will the recipe change though of the Sancocho by that time? Mm. Mm, that's the Go question. One. I might have high blood pressure. I might have put a lot of soda in my Sancocho. Right. So now I'm like whitewash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a white culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, white you know I'm gentrified, son, wow. gentrified son culture now. I'm not the same. I don't, I'm <laughs> taste different, but I'm still doing what I gotta do. <laughs> right, 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 right. White culture. <laughs> the way this episode is already going. <laughs> I can taste it already. <laughs> I can taste it already. <laughs> I like this recipe. It's already starting off great. <laughs> For those who don't know from my listenership, okay. Um, would you like to enlighten exactly what a sancocho is? Because one of my the first stop mm. where I was was definitely in the Caribbean. Mm. And it's definitely one of the countries where Sancocho is definitely to the T. But the, mm. the 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 original Sancocho, would you like to enlighten them of what Sancocho is? Well, from 
I, I taste many. I taste like a Dominican version. I taste like right. Puerto Rican version because mm-hmm. I'm I'm both. So I'm yes, half Dominican, right. half Puerto Rican. And to me, it's just this hearty, uh, chunky, uh, amazing soup. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And and it just has so many things, you know, it's different vegetables and meats that you could put like the, the people have different versions of it. Yeah. But if you're sick or not even sick, but on a cold day and it's mm. raining and you have some and it's hot and it's straight out that pot. Oh, my God. It's just like. You will cream yourself and also you will go to sleep because it does so much to the body. You know, <laughs> it so nourishes true. you and yeah. relaxes you and gets all that stuff out of you. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my God, you are so on point with it. Um, you know, th- if you don't feel good, the sientes mal. Uh, mm-hmm. you you drink sopa, right? Yeah, that's the secret. Um, I'm Ecuadorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we also have we call it the calditos, right? Mm-hmm. We we drink the caldos, and it's there's one, it's my favorite one. I think I've mentioned it on my show before, but for for homage to my country and my mama, yeah. um, we have it and it's called Calo de Bolas Verdes, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the the bolas verdes is a, a plantain. Right. And it's in the caldo and it has the meats and the corn yeah. and all this other uh, stuff in it. And it's so it's very much so similar to Sancocho. Um, you see, I, I feel like every culture has their own version of it. Mm-hmm. Like we should go on a Sancocho world tour because we're probably, we're probably missing. So like I'm missing that Sancocho. That, right. that sounds amazing. I'm like, right. yo, I want to try that. Right. And I think right. um, and in the South is it's called gumbo. You know what I'm yes. saying? So, like, so it's like everybody got their own like this this heartfelt uh meaty soup yes 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 and it picks you right back up shout Mm -hmm. out to my puerto ricans and dominicans because the first stop on my cruise i just got back from vacation today we're recording Mm. um and the first stop was san juan and you know i had to go to the streets to have bacalaitos and acropurias and all your good stuff and the last stop ended up being puerto plata Mm. and had to have some Dominican food too. And nice. I mean like real food. Authentic. Like, yeah, yeah, the authentic. I, I I needed to have um, you know, it's not a fair trip if you don't have the authenticity of yep. a country and a culture. And I'm a firm believer of that, especially yes. if you know you hop in from islands and island on a cruise, you you have an opportunity to taste from everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um so shout out to, to my Puerto Ricans and, and Dominican uh, community on that because it was a pleasant, pleasant trip and mm. delicious food, of course. Um, it so looked pleasant. You still got that tan. You I'm trying. Glowing. I'm trying. I'm going to keep it. I, yeah. I'm going to walk in with, with the cruise-like look <laughs> to work when I get back in. Nobody better say nothing to me yeah. with my shades on in the sand. Um, but, you know, let's just, we're going to keep this tan alive. Um, but we're going to jump right in. Um, so if you're new to the show, here we have several segments and we open up with Raw Mess of the Week. Mm. And so with Raw Mess of the Week, we always try and highlight something a little messy. Um, usually, you know, from pop culture, society, yeah. sometimes the news, sometimes anything general in life. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of want to keep the momentum with the cultures going mm-hmm. a little bit, uh, because while I was on the cruise, I actually watched the movie that I have not been able to watch in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it gets me emotional and, you know, I, I just, you know, very Hispanic, like culturally start to cry and can't finish mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up watching another one in it's, you know, um, company, uh, uh, sisterly, brotherly love, um, movie that was very sort of kind of similar. I'm talking about Disney's movies, Coco and Encanto. 
I don't know if you've seen those movies. Yes, I have. Okay. And, and Love them. yeah. And so I'm very late on Coco because everybody don't watch that movie. Yeah. So I'm mad late. I'm always late. I'm, I'm never with the trends. Let me just hey. say that. I'm always late. You did it though. You did I did it. it. I yeah, finally yeah. got through. I did. I did. In the middle of the waves, I finally got through. <laughs> and I watched Encanto also. And one of the things that stood out to me, because I'm sure it doesn't just happen in the Latino community, I'm mm-hmm. sure it happens in different cultures as well. But one of the things that stood out to me was just so how quick it is. And, and it stayed with me in, in a moment for a second, right? How quick it is for our matriarchs, you know, our, our abuelitas, abuelos, yeah. um, la, la nana, you know, um, to, to kind of like be so hard on you when you're breaking the rules mm. or going against what, you know, the, the, the older people say, your elders. Yes. And it kind of stayed stuck with me a little bit with how we're going to dive into our conversation as to what your journey has been. Yeah, (laughs) there we go. As to what your journey has been, my journey, and in essence, my listeners Mm -hmm. who have been very loyal since day one, shout out to you guys to have already known a little bit about me um, and why I do things so different as a parent from the way my parents did stuff with me and my siblings for the record. And let me just say this, my parents are my world. I could fight yeah. with them every day, but I will fight for them any day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so let me just say that. But there are certain things that we sometimes go a little bit contra la corriente, you know, against yeah. the current. Shout out to my cruise like mentality right now. Wow. Um, <laughs> still on that vacation. <laughs> wow, I'm still on a vacation. <laughs> but, you know, we go we go against the current with what our parents want for us mm-hmm. or what's supposed to be successful or what these rules are culturally. Mm-hmm. And it stayed with me. And I wanted a little bit of your thoughts with that. Where where are you with that process? Um, I agree with you. Uh, the, the, so I had two versions of myself in the beginning. Of course, I was very angry for that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because um, they had they wanted to guide me to a different life that I didn't want to, per se. And like what I mean is um, the, the dream is the nine to five job, right? The office, the health benefits and all that stuff. And that's great because um, you do got to survive, right? And you got to mm-hmm. pay bills. But then there's another side of me that is not only about that. I'm more than just that. And I want to go after certain things that is scary, you know, comedy, writing and stuff like that. So, and I was very angry because I guess from at that time, what I was receiving, it felt like they were against me, right? And I felt like where I want support. I don't want, xyz of why it could go wrong and why i gotta stay on this line Mm. i want to hear that like well you're actually good go after it you can do it and that and for the longest and it was and it's only normal that fueled me because that was anger like i'm going to show them and then working on myself in front of my spiritual teacher i learned that it's not about them and it's not about the world it's about me it's about doing it for me and i had to realize and put myself in their shoes to know that that's their dream because that's how they was brought up. They didn't have anything. So coming from um, a different country, their dream is to get a nine to five job in their mm-hmm. office. They only know this world. Right. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the stuff that's coming out of their mouth is not to attack you, but to protect you to be like, hey, it's hard out there. You should do this. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to realize that and let that anger go and to know that they still love you and support you, but there you have another dream and it's not their dream. And it's okay that if they don't believe in a dream, you have to believe in your dream, not no one else. And then by you going on and doing it, which has happened in my life, 
they start supporting you and they start seeing you as an inspiration. Like, wow, Ricky is doing it. Ricky mm-hmm. did it. I because now you're showing them that, hey, one world is the eight, nine to five. But then you also could do this other world and you could bring it into your world. So when they only had one view, now you're showing them two different views or multiple views of that what you can do. And essentially that view is you can do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have time to do it. You got to make time for it. And you could do what you love, you know, and still do all and, and, you know, explore and do all these layers. So I was angry for a while, but I started to let that go. Like, you know, they, they, you can't crucify someone for being something uh, or trying to guide you or they didn't have these things. Right. They didn't have no one telling them, hey, guess what? When you come from Puerto Rico at the age of nine, this is my mom at nine, that you can be a singer, you can be mm-hmm. an artist, you can, or if you want to sew, you can make clothing, you know, all her dream was like, go to school, try to make it to school try to put in a food on the table now because she got pregnant at a young age and figure out life like that's it. That that was it, you know, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can't crucify them for, you know, uh, to, to make to be something that they're to not, you know, you could teach them, you mm-hmm. know, or if they, you know, like when they get older, they don't want to learn anymore. But by you just showing and being yeah. yourself, they learn from that. And they may have the ego of not telling you why wow, you actually taught me something, but they'll say certain things down the road like, wow, that was, I, I'm proud of you, or that's awesome, or you're still doing that? Like, these little things. So it's, I say just, it's, uh, it's not needed, you mm. know, to hold on to anger towards your parents and if you don't get that support. Um, because if you end up doing it like I did at one point, it starts coming out of anger and you never felt sufficient or accomplished. You're like, oh, I did this show, I did that, and I sold it out and I did great. Um, I show them. And in the end, it's like, they're like, okay, when's the next show? Mm. Or, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And then you're like, yo, then you just see it. Wasn't that enough? To, to it. And it's still, why did, why did you backlash? Because you had anger and you're doing out of anger. Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. where I have done it, mm-hmm. my mom would say, wow, Ricky, that was great. When's the next show? I laugh and I'm like, mom, it takes a long time, but thank you. That's a positive <laughs> response. Like she's excited to see another show. You know, to when I'm going to do something else, you know, or, or she'll randomly ask, like, are you working on something? What are you doing? You know, that's her way. So everyone has a way of kind of like supporting in their own way. And it may not be the support that you want. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, we spoke about this briefly. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm rambling. But it's OK, you know, no. just by you doing this podcast, I'm proud of you. And that's awesome. Right. That's awesome. Where your parents might be saying. Why are you wasting money on this? Why are you wasting your time doing this? For what? Where is it going to take you? You know what I'm saying? Those are valid questions, but yeah. you can you can answer them in a positive way. Where is it going to take you? Well, it's going to take me uh, to places to be happy and doing what I love. Mm-hmm. Why are you investing money in that? Because I love it. It's mm-hmm. my passion. Mm-hmm. You know, why did you invest in us to put food on the table? Because you love us. Right. Amen. <laughs> so, yes. yes. It's, it's very it's very similar. Yeah. So just by you doing that is freaking awesome, you know, and there's going to come people in your life that where you like, man, it feels good to get the support because it's people that actually is like your tribe, people that mm-hmm. you, your friends or whoever, family members that get it. And they, mm-hmm. and it's coming from a genuine place. And that means more. That's yeah. like the, the, the search that you was looking for to get support, not only from yourself, because get lonely. Now you're getting it from like your listeners, 
Mm-hmm. And even if someone said, wow, that's amazing. Like that means the world. It, even if you have three of those people, that's it. That will mm-hmm. fuel you to keep going. Like I got something. And mm-hmm. then when you look in the mirror, it's like, and I got myself because yeah. I love doing this. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think it goes so aligned and so well um, connected to right. the storytelling piece in both those movies and what our what our culture is in the Latino community, especially. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm sure this happens in all sorts of culture, cultures too. Um, what we experience, right? When it comes to, um, oh my God, I'm getting so like very um, nostalgic here with all these refranes, mm. with all these sayings. <clears throat> um, you know, there was something that my mom would say, um, Mas sabe el diablo por viejo que por diablo, you know, mm. the, the devil knew what he knew from wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. not for just being the devil. Right. And, um, you know, that's how they say, oh, the devil will try you. The devil right. will try you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like when you think about that and you see what these movies demonstrated, it, it, it was so relatable to me. Right. Yeah. Um, to your point, something that you said when I announced to my family what I was doing, my parents, <laughs> the first question was, ¿Y qué es eso? what is that? Mm-hmm. And are, who's paying you for that? Like mm-hmm. someone had to pay me for this because I'm putting mm-hmm. in work, right? Mm-hmm. Someone had to pay me for this. It could not possibly be that I just enjoy speaking to a microphone, speaking to right. people or sometimes to myself, right? Impossible, right? But is the investment, yes, to your point that I've put into myself into a passion and what that has created for me from a community standpoint. Mm. When you think about both movies, Coco and Ganto, yeah. at some point they have people <clears throat> of, of your two people in each movie, right? The one mm-hmm. person in this movie and the one person in that movie where the family was against them, but they had other people supporting them. It was in their community. It yeah. was people who wanted to know about them. It was people who were there, uh, you know, hyping them up, amping them up. Yes. And so when we look at us and when we look at what our community has been, what our upbringing has been, it was just so relatable to me, yeah. so relatable. And and I wanted to bring that up as a topic because I thought that as we continue, right, you, myself yeah. and others who yeah. are in our positions, who are working those nine to fives and are also pursuing those passions, we have the also the opportunity to have babies and raise yeah. these kids. We want to make sure we're sending the right message to them too, right? Absolutely, because- I love that you touched on that, right? Mm-hmm. Because correct me if I'm wrong. Growing up, you have teachers, parents, whatever, telling us over and over, you could be whatever you want to be. Mm. You could be whatever the fuck you want to be. You hear it. Then a certain age happened when you're about to go to college. All right, think about what you're going to really be because yeah. you need to pay bills. <laughs> I rem- yes, I remember I said astronaut, but your grades ain't up there. You know, mm-hmm. yes, I remember you said you could be president, but no, that's a society you want to be in mm-hmm. uh so let's start filling applications and we'll see where you fit in right mm-hmm. yeah but right. so so now we so now all of a sudden we tell these uh these things to our kids and we're smart as hell right mm-hmm. because we're like oh i could be anything i could be anything and then a certain age come and now we start getting angry that you're telling us to kind of like say well you yeah you can't be everything you know what i'm saying but you, but you could be everything for a job from nine to five. So mm-hmm. figure that out. Now we start getting angry because like, wait, so I it was a lie. I have to give up this dream. I have to not pursue it. Like, was this all a scam? Mm-hmm. And and you start getting angry about that. And now when you have kids, right, because I know for me, I have a child. I'm still learning from this uh, from this journey. I'm like, wow, how fucked up is that that I'm going to tell my daughter all this? And what am I supposed to do at a certain age? Tell her, hey, by the way, that conversation I said, uh, you could be anything you want. You actually ain't going to be shit. 
you right. know, <laughs> at 20 years old, you're going to have to get a job. You know, so I'm like, no, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. And and I think, you know, and I get it, you know, parents, you know, they are not they only know a certain like they're not all parents, but like older generational parents that have we grew up on. They like I mentioned, before, they only know one world. And I think what happens is along with this anger that we look for this approval for them because our parents is our first uh, teachers. Our parents is our first superheroes. So mm-hmm. we're looking up to them. Right. But we fail to realize that they're also human beings, too, mm-hmm. that they also make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They also learning and growing, whether they want to admit it or not, because parents are going to I know I'm going to fuck up as a parent. Right. Because I have worked on myself and I continue to work on myself and I know I'm not perfect. So I know I, I'm an awesome, creative father. But there's going to be a time that my daughter may say, you fucked up here, you fucked up here, you fucked up there. The difference is, is that I will let her speak and then we could have this conversation and I will take responsibility if it adds up. Right. You know what? You're right. Mm. Our parents will not do that. Hey, you fucked up here, here and here. <laughs> oh, yeah. But did I fuck up not give, giving you food every night? Did I fuck? Yes, I get it. That's one aspect. I get it. And thank you for that. And that is a mm. huge aspect of life. I get it. But there would have been some other things that I needed that I would have loved to have. So now I'm going to learn from this and give that to my child. But I'm not going to hold you accountable because yes. it's stupid to hold out to that anger when I know I'm not responsible for your growth or change. And you're not going to accept that. So therefore, you're not going to have power over me. And I'm not going to no longer uh, search for approval from you and everything that I'm doing for me. Amen. Rick couldn't have said this any better because my parents raised four kids and it's a, it's a great segue into the as far as it gets, because mm-hmm. we already covered some of what that was going to be in that segment. But my parents raised four kids and out of the four, we all have different ways of communication with them. Mm-hmm. And my whole family will say, well, Daisy loves to fight with everybody. That's fine. If you guys <laughs> want to call it fighting, I call it debating. I don't know. Right. Um, friendly discussion. <laughs> oh, exactly speaking what, my truth. You know, have a I mean, it's, it's exactly what my show's about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's like, I always say like they, they, we, all four of us had different parents. The two older ones had completely different parents from what the two younger ones did. I'm one of the younger ones, right? Mm. Um, times were different. Um, yeah. They learned with the first two. So yeah. they, they loosened up a little bit with the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things I do realize is, you know, I, I could sit here and turn blue in the face how many times I needed certain things from my parents and why that definitely led me to make certain decisions. I'm not blaming mm-hmm. them for it. I take right. full responsibility and accountability for the decisions I made and have said my apologies, but I could continue turning blue in the face, repeating the same shit over and over again, yeah. or I could just let it be what it is and just make sure I don't commit the same mistakes with my child. Yeah. And when I do, when I do, because I am not perfect and I know I'm going to make certain mistakes, I have to be able to apologize. And mm-hmm. the reason why I say that is because that is probably the only pet peeve I have for my entire childhood with my parents right. is that when they knew they were wrong, they would refuse to apologize to me. Yeah. And, and that was one thing I, I just, to this day, it still gets to me. And that's yeah. why I made sure that in raising my kid, if I fuck up, I, I owe him an apology. Right. And he yeah. has the open forum to say, yo, mom, you fucked up. Like, yeah. 
you messed up with me and this is how I feel. Like I've, I've had that bond with him for that reason. That's beautiful. Um, I appreciate you bringing that up. And I appreciate that, that shine light on that concept because mm. a lot of people are very afraid to talk about it and plenty of others are still uncomfortable um, making that a topic of conversation. It's so um, funny because if you, if you sit down and talk to our parents, you will hear all the anger that they had towards their parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. what do you or or whatever you know whatever they felt like they could have done better that their parents could have done better i'm like and you don't think that i have a view on that too like with you like mm-hmm. and vice versa like but it's up to us like you said what you did you took responsibilities like well i'm gonna change certain things when i start raising my child and you have this beautiful relationship with them and keep letting that grow because everyone has a right to their truth and to speak mm-hmm. it right not mm-hmm. to say that may you may agree with everything that your son may be saying Right. You know, there's there's some things that you'll say, like, you'll see why when you're older and have a kid, why I did X, Y and Z. But for right now, you may think I'm like this super anal and overprotective mother. And mm-hmm. I get it because at that age, you can only see it that way. But when you're older, let's revisit this. So mm. so definitely speak that out. And I hear you. But let's <laughs> revisit this again when you have kids. Cause I guarantee you, there's a lot of shit. When I grew up, I'm like, oh, I get it now. Damn. I- <laughs> and there's sometimes when I was in it, I was like, no, I don't get it. You, you don't want me to go out there. You don't why want me. To be- yeah, why me? Why can't I play with strangers at night? Guitar? No, I need to go out at one in the morning. Come back to the like. This is no. My mom was like, you need to be home by a certain time because mm-hmm. as I got older now, I look at my daughter. I'm like. Let her fucking come to me and be like, hey, I'm going to go play guitar. It's like 11 at night. And I'm, I'm the hell no. Can you do this at 1 p.m. on a Saturday? You know, so I'm like, so there's certain things I had to revisit when I got home. I'm like, oh, OK, I, I got it now. I got okay. it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect segue into um, as Raza gets um, mm-hmm. segment. Um, here's where we get a little bit more raw with the conversation. And you already shined so much light on, <laughs> on everything that I wanted to cover there, too, but mm-hmm. so aligned with the raw mess of the week. Um, mm-hmm. So before we even go into the y'all, if you have not watched Coco and Encanto like me, because, you know, you're not with the trends in the moment that shit happens. That's OK. Super I'm busy no, doing yeah, you know and vacations you know, yeah i wait for i wait for who waits on a cruise to watch a fucking movie me it's me i do it um please watch it um totally disney movie i think they're pixars i can't remember but yeah please watch it please please understand those concepts and and talk to us let us know is this something relatable to you as well to your culture if you're not from the latino community as well um with the as Razagad segment um diving right into the conversation you you talk about telling your truth Mm. you're one man show Mm. (laughs) (laughs) diving into your story diving Mm. into you know your overall bk native um shout out to brooklyn uh yeah (laughs) i'll be out there sometimes (laughs) i run the wrongs but i'll be out there sometimes um pursuing your dreams and and telling the story you know in Mm -hmm. front of a camera um and and it's a story the way you did it was a story Mm -hmm. um it wasn't just like you know this is more like an interview conversation but it was the entire flow of it and it was just how raw you kept your entire truth in that moment you know i'm very big on you know boundaries with privacy but then also being able to speak your truth and and what it is that you share and what you choose to share how was it that you were able to produce that show and telling mm. your truth and speaking your story when it came to 
who Rick is um, with all your talents, your multifaceted talents? Uh, it, it, it was very tough. You know, this was something that, you know, when I was wanted to write or the naked truth and do a one man play, you know, I was inspired from a lot of one man, uh, one man and one woman uh, plays that I saw, you know, one of them being John Leguizamo. And, you know, I was like, this, this is something that I always wanted to do. And I always kept it in the back burner. And I was individually separately, separate, separately doing these things like singing, mm -hmm. doing yeah. comedy, poetry. So I was very artistic and doing acting, taking acting classes. And I'm like, man, I, I want something where, you know, I want to put all these things together of who I am and then tell my story. But the difference is I, I waited on that because if I would have told it early, it would have been just angry, angry, mm. angry, angry. There would have been no lessons in there. Still would have been funny. But then I reached a point in my life. I was like, I want to make you more than just laugh. I want to also make you think. I want you to connect. I want you to feel because I want to feel that on stage. So it wasn't until I met my spiritual teacher and I started well, Guru Enlightenment and I started working on myself, um, you know, she teaches you that everyone has a purpose in life and she teaches you how to let go and work on yourself. And, you know, from abandonment to uh, anger issues, everything, everything. She's an amazing woman, super funny, uh, very humbled. Um, not, not your cliche spiritual teacher that you would say, per se, what you see when they, you know, Indian or they wear these robes, whatever. Mm. Not her. She keeps you very truthful, very honest and is free because she has these gifts in life that she can't charge which one of them is she can hear uh, your spirit. And that's how she knows so much about you. Right. Mm. And mm. she's like, she's like the, uh, what was it like the, or the, the, the guy from the matrix, not Morpheus, the late, the other lady, the, the Oracle, the Oracle oh, from the matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> she's like okay. that. Right. Okay. So, so it wasn't until I got there. Right. And I was unleashing all these layers and learning and working on myself. And I remember she said, you know, one of the, in the first visits, she told me, you know, why do you have all this anger towards your mother? Uh, you have abandonment issues. You have all these things. I'm like, God damn, how the fuck you know all this shit? And then we started breaking it down. And one of the things she also mentioned said, you're going to have to make a decision. So it's like these blues clues or whatever that she was giving you. And then every week I would see her and work on myself. I became a student of hers. So I say that to say that while I kept on working on her, uh, up like months down the road, after I was learning so much about myself and looking in the mirror and writing all these things, I said, I want to write this show. I think it's time now because the difference was I was learning. I was growing. I was letting go. I was revisiting a lot of things from my life and all these trauma that I was like, the time is now. So mm. then I went back to her. I said, hey, um, I want to work on this show, blah, blah. She says, oh, wow, that's awesome. And uh, she also became the director. Um, I told her, I said, was that the decision I had to make? She says, yes. So then... Once I got the approval that I'm like, oh, this is it. It started taking me down on this road. I was learn I was crying. I was learning from the stuff. And I said, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to be on stage and I want to share my truth and share my story to learn from it, to grow from it, to laugh at it, mm. to uh, heal from it and leave things. And also maybe there's certain lessons that I still need to grow. Right. So I leave certain things open. And I want to talk about not having a father or he was in and out of my life. And I want to talk about the, the back and forth that I had of my mom growing up. Um, you know, want to talk about, you know, the, my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and by doing that, it became this very therapeutic, uh, a therapeutic show for me that it, it was it was everything that I wanted to do. And it felt like this was my intro back into the world because doing the show 
I took a break from performing. I just kept writing, writing, writing. And then when I re-entered the world now, I had a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. I had, I was performing from a different place within me. Um, it just uh, shined so much light on me. And then, which is the greatest thing in the world that I, I, it's better than receiving money, you know, because money cannot buy that is the response and the effect that you had on people. And that yeah. wasn't my goal. I said, hopefully, I always said, hopefully I can touch them. Hopefully they can learn from it. But I have to be that vessel for me first. So when I got, did it and I kept on doing it and the response was amazing. And people was like, I can relate. You helped me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That was just like the icing on the cake. I was like, this is, this is the best feeling in the world. Like mm-hmm. that I'm also helping others and people yeah. are relating to it because there's plenty of times that I, I, I relate to other people. I'm like, oh, I see myself in you. And like, oh, thank you. You just shared something. Oh, I'm not alone. I feel this way. So I just wanted to, and I named it the naked truth because, and people was like, oh, you naked on the covers because I had like the guitar or whatever. And everybody was like, oh, look at you being no sexy. I was like, that was a, that was a shocking thing, right? I wanted to shock value. But to me, it was that we enter this world as when we're young, we're so pure and we're naked. We Mm. had no baggage from everybody. The baggage just coming from our family, society, and they start piling this shit on top of us. Uh, on the person that we are when we come into this world so that I so that poster for me was like I'm I'm coming into this world naked now I'm shredding all these layers to come back pure as myself the naked truth oh you know what I, that if I had we're gonna insert the applause sound effect at oh. that moment yeah give me um, some more claps though but we get we're gonna do it and I'm gonna tell you why so I, I was happy that you were you just brought this up and I was hoping that you would and for the record, listeners, as always, in the show notes, you will have the links to everything we're going to be referencing here. Mm. Um, always, 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 always. Um, this will be on YouTube, your YouTube channel. So definitely that's going to be a calling for go subscribe and support. What I loved about that concept, and I understood it perfectly. Uh, I and my listeners know this and my following knows this as well. In my Double Dose of Raw Talk store, I have my ebook, my journal mm. to self-love. Mm. And it was about building and rebuilding my own confidence based Mm. on a certain experience that I had. It's not too in depth of too much detail. That will be for the book when that releases guys. But, um, (laughs) but it was a little dose of what Mm. that experience was and how I came to the self-love. And the reason why I bring this up is because I purposely put on the cover, a side profile of me Mm. naked, right. Wearing just a, just a little piece of lingerie, And the reason why I did that was because, yes, it is the shock value, right? But also it was the concept behind it. I am leaving it all bare for you guys here. Like, I've never really spoken up as to what that one experience was that was rock bottom to me, in quotation Mm. marks, because rock bottom could look so many different ways to so many different people. And what that was for me in that moment and what it took for me to rebuild myself up. You know, as someone who constantly hears, you're so confident, you're so confident, mm-hmm. you know, I, I admire you. Um, I heard it just on this cruise and it was, it was so beautiful to hear this, this young lady say, it. you know, she was like, I admire your confidence and I hope mm-hmm. to when they be that way. And I was like, you are, mm-hmm. you don't even realize that you are, you're very confident. And if, and if you're thinking about, because of us being, you know, plus size women, that's the least yeah. of your worries and the confidence It's how you mm-hmm. carry yourself. And you are a confident young lady. And yep. 
that was really the whole concept behind my journal to self-love. It was, it was beyond just my body. It was, Mm -hmm. it was more than that. It was deeper than that. And I did that for that reason. And I, and I had hoped that people who saw it and supported it understood that some did, some didn't. I got, I got, I got a little backlash on it. I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. Um, but you know, but I was hoping that that would be the understanding that when we come on this mic or camera and we're speaking our truth and we're telling our story, it's for a reason. It's Mm -hmm. one, because we're ready to do so too, because we want to share our experiences with the world, with you. If it relates to you, if it helps you, great. That's a win right there. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't think I did it to, to hear back from someone saying, Oh my God, that related so Mm -hmm. much that I, I didn't do it for that. I hoped it would help someone, but I didn't do it for, the level of responses that I got to. And I mm. think that that in, that in an essence is the real reward. When yep. you think about somebody who's putting all their passion out there to the world, to, to understand, to feel, to listen, yep. to hear, to see, and for them to sit there and say, I felt you right here, like deep in here. This show is sponsored by Queens Infusions, a mompreneur owned brand that creates terpenes and CBD infused wellness products. Woman-owned, mompreneur, small business-owned, Queens Infusions wellness products are homemade in small batches from locally sourced ingredients, and they are my absolute favorite. To mellow out, to chill, to enjoy the scent, the taste, ooh, you name it. You don't want to miss this. Go to the show notes, go to Queens Infusions Etsy shop, and at checkout, use DDRT code for 20% off, courtesy of Double Those Raw Talk Podcasts. When you do things out of love, you know, it, it comes back to you. Yeah. The love comes back to you, you know, yeah. and that's that's something that a lot of artists and individuals and not even human, just human beings have to realize when you do something out of love and it's, it's breaking so many things inside you. That's the thing that you should keep on going after afterwards. And it will respond well, you know, mm-hmm. even though that's not the case. Right. But I, no, you can't run away from truth and you can't yeah. run away with what that uh, that feeling gives you. Right. Because the one way I always say, like when people ask me when I write and stuff like that, do you know where certain places was going to happen? I said, well, I know where the certain I know where certain laughs are going to be, but a lot of it's always different every time I perform it. Right. So I say that to say that if I'm feeling these things while I'm writing it, then I can only imagine what you're going to feel when Mm -hmm. I'm performing it, too, because Mm -hmm. what I'm experiencing is a human emotion through these things. Right. And um, and I expect that to happen to others when they're watching it, just like you're when they read your your book, mm-hmm. you went through so many emotions. Mm-hmm. There's people are going to go through the same exact motions when they read it, maybe at different chapters or whatever. But I guarantee it that if you kept true to your source source and to yourself and you did it out of love and truthful and honesty, it's going to reflect that to others, too. They're going to be like, wow, I can't believe it. And the truth is in the pudding because the love came right back to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this. Um, I want to, I want to ask you one question. I know we touched a little bit on the support from family and our parents um, early on in this episode, but did you encounter anyone truly of your family, your circle, your, Mm -hmm. your main support say like, this is, this is not going to work. Like right. that's, that's not a real career. I love and that then, you asked that, you know, the shock value of, you know, Rick, you made it like, like how, yeah. how was that? How did that look like for you? 
Well, I, there was a couple things. Writing this show, the only thing that I was afraid of, and I spoke to uh, my teacher, spiritual teacher and director about it, Guru, I said, um, I'm nervous of what my family's going to say. I didn't care about anybody else, but as I'm nervous to, because I just want them to stay with me from the beginning to the middle and to the end. Mm-hmm. I don't want my mom to hear something in the beginning. It's like, oh, I can't believe he said that. And I don't want to watch the show no more. Stay with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. No matter how uncomfortable it may be, stay with me because it's uncomfortable for me too. And then Guru was like, this is not their story. She was like, this is not their story. This is your truth. Mm-hmm. They have their own truth and they can write their own show and perform it too. But it's not about them. It's about you. Once she kept on drilling down my head, I said, fuck it. Mm. What do I have to lose? It is my truth. This is my story. I'm going to keep doing it. So, and I did it. So then my, I just hoped, I left it with a hope. I hope that they get it. That's all I said. I hope that they get it and they understood and they hear me um, and they see me in a new light. So by the time I kind of like told them that I was doing comedy and doing all this stuff, they, cause I'm, I was sharing this in another podcast too, that, you know, I'm not people who expect me, I guess, to always be on, always mm-hmm. be this funny person, stuff like that. There's different layers to me that I had to learn growing up that I'm OK, that I love silence. I love being alone. I love being I have quietness. I love listening to classical music, too, and just zoning out and relaxing, relaxing. So like people are from the world don't see that. Right. Because when I mm-hmm. go outside into that world and I'm with my friends, they're getting one version of me of that funny person and i may get real of course because i'm not going to shy myself when times there's a moment to get real and speak your truth but it's not like that all the time right you're not going to just you know meet a stranger be funny and be like hey man you depressed sometimes let's talk about that you know <laughs> like, you know what I'm, I'm just not going to open that closet right. so but when i get home i'm i'm quiet mm-hmm. because i don't have to entertain no one or i don't have feel like I don't have to be funny like I just turn off and I'm like this is now another side of me that I'm like wow yeah there's nothing wrong with me I'm just quiet I love the silence or I watch a movie or I listen to music or play guitar so I say that to say that when I told my family that I was going to do this they're like you funny what you do comedy what Ricky no like yeah I know you're funny around your friends but you're not you don't do that in this house so and I'm like yeah I'm going to do it so but I couldn't blame them because they didn't see this other side of me or, mm-hmm. or they didn't allow for me to feel comfortable to always share this other side. That's why my friends saw it, other people. So I know for them, it was like, oh, wow. OK, like he's going to do it like cool. So when they finally saw it, because they when they finally saw it, they saw me like naked. They saw all this singer, poetry, acting. I, I hit them all at once. So there was like that was the tres golpes. <laughs> yeah, that was the tres golpes with Sancocho. With San- <laughs> <laughs> there was like, and even my other friends that knew I was funny, right? They didn't know I was this deep. They didn't know I was I was sing. They didn't they didn't see this other. So this was my full circle moment of like, this is what I do. This is who I am. And a lot of people will say, especially let's stick to the family. It was like, it's like I saw two different people. I didn't know this other person, and I didn't mm-hmm. know a lot of things that you would share because you would stay quiet or not bring things up. And there was times mm-hmm. like, well, in this family, I, I feel like sometimes you speak up and then they'll hold that against you or that they, they misquote you. They miss, you know, you just misunderstood and it's not about that. And I tried that so many times that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to shut up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what better way to do that and say it on the show, but also put myself, of course, put myself in your shoes to understand where you're, where you're coming from too, even though, I didn't have to, 
I wanted to because I had to let that go of what I was holding on to. So I was my brother and my mom after the show. They hugged and kissed me. They were so happy, so proud. My brother told me and looked at me. He says, I get it. I understand. I understand. And that meant the world to me. I was like, wow, wow. My mom started changing her dialogue, like saying like, Ricky, you know, I'm always praying for you, you know, Mm -hmm. like that that what you want to do, that you succeed, you know, that you keep doing it. I'm always I love you, you know. And that meant the world to me. Right. And I was like, wow, like this would have been great to always hear. But if you did, if she never said it again, I'm happy with that because I got that moment. You got it. That- so, yeah. So I got that. And I'm like, wow, I'm like they actually fucking get it. And then all my other friends like, man, this is awesome. Like, I didn't know this other side of you. So it went from. I think it just reminded me of like, keep being who and what you are and don't worry what everybody else is thinks like. It helps when you have support. Absolutely. This to stick to those people that push you to to be better within yourself and to learn and grow and then go out there and don't be afraid, because mm-hmm. let's say if I was afraid or I mean, of course, that they have fear, but don't let that stop you. That's what I meant. So, yeah. like, let's say I let that fear and all that stuff stop me. I wouldn't be where I'm at today. You know, I probably not probably I would have still have anger towards everybody because now I'd be blaming everybody else that I didn't do certain things because they didn't support me. And I'm being a victim and victims don't prosper in life. They just stay stagnant in the same spot. And they think they may be growing because, damn, I would have done this. If they did. No, you're repeating the same cycle and you're getting more angry because you're not facing shit. Mm, mm, mm. And on that note, <laughs> that was like a triple dose. Yeah. <laughs> this tasted like the Henny double, triple shots I was taking on the cruises now. Um, but it was amazing. It still tastes good. Right now, that, that shit still tasted good. It was raw. It was, it was, it was yeah, tough, yeah, yeah. but tasted real good. Mm. Um, perfect. Once again, th- this conversation um, is exactly what I wanted for this episode. And, and with you, of course, mm-hmm. um, we're going to go into the double or nothing segment because you mentioned fears. Yeah. And um, I, I want to touch a little bit on a specific balance um, mm. that we deal with, you know, speaking earlier before on the nine to five versus what our passions are. But then also when it comes to this world <laughs> and this industry, that yeah. that you are in and i want to shine light on on your your series the mm. your other show i want to shine light on that one hey. a little bit yeah that, that was Thank the you. one listen and, and that was the one mm. <laughs> um i when it comes to this industry uh where do you find the balance mm. um of ambition and humility i i, I think sometimes yeah. when we when we know that we we are creating our own success right um you know, and, and listen, I, I'm I'm famous in my own little double dose world talk world. Okay, you are boo boo. That's right. And but I, you know, ever so often going back to our culture, oh, you know, tienes que ser humilde. You have, you know, yeah. don't forget where you came from. And a lot of people yeah. have different interpretations of that. Some people feel like right. that's a way of saying, oh, you know, don't don't talk about your success. I really don't think that's what that's about. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there has to be a little bit of a, of a balance between having that ambition and humility where where's your stance on that balance i think for me of course you know you get into this and you do it out of love and then there's a point when you're you, even though i'm still young but younger you know i for me it was always based on truth and um and see how far i can take this of course that's to say that at one point i would love to have the money the fame you know the the you know the the 
the houses, whatever. Yes. Who wouldn't? You know, mm-hmm. I, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, but am I willing to jeopardize who and what I am for that? No. Mm. Am I willing to be controlled for that and be a puppet? No. So as I got older, I realized that I don't want to be part of that world, you know, or if I'm blessed to be in that world to that's giving me opportunities that I'm still in control of who and what I am. Right. Mm. And that it's a it's a business. And I'm that I'm aware that I'm not getting drained and just used. It's just a business for these opportunities that I'm doing. And I'm still doing what I'm, I love, but it's not to a point where I'm just, you know, a puppet in a sense, right? And <clears throat> I, what worked for me, and I, I, I grew into this, is that once I realized that I don't want to be in Hollywood or chase Hollywood or be in that society or I'm doing everything to hopefully get into that thing, that changed everything for me because... I could be anywhere and still do what I want to do. I don't need to be per se be noticed by those people, you know, who's writing those checks or whatever. It's like, it's not about that for me. It's like, how do I feel about this? And I'm getting a response of real genuine people around me. That's more than enough. And if I keep doing this, of course, I will get blessed with more opportunities along the way. But I started being in control of my journey and my content and what I wanted to do, what I want to see. And knowing that it's possible, it may take longer, right? Because I don't have this big bank, but that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I have people that can support, maybe give me $10, $20 towards a project. And then I'm my nine to five job, right? Which is helping me to live life and also invest in my dreams, right? So I started saying, you know what? I don't, I don't, need, I don't need that. And I don't know long, I don't want to chase that. Right. You know, this system, because I seen where it can lead you if you get knee deep into it and I see how your ego can grow if you're not remaining humble. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, once I was, was able to realize. I'm in control of my destiny and this is how I want to do it, it kind of like made sense of like, well, yeah, I don't I don't really it would be nice to have producers or back that support, but for this moment, I'm still getting the shit done and still hitting people and meeting new people, making connections. This is the dream. I'm healthy. I got family. I got love. Um, I got, I'm blessed to have a job that helped me with my bills and also invest in my dreams. I'm creating content, I'm connecting with people. I'm living life. That's, that's the dream. And someone had to re- like, told me that like many years ago, he's like, you know, you're living the dream, right? And like, what do you mean? And he's named everything that I was doing. He says, yeah, that's the dream. You're doing it. Yeah. Right. Because then we because we grow up, we see this lifestyle, just like Instagram, whatever, this perception of what it is to really make it. And I had to change that. Well, making it to me is naming everything that I list. And hopefully I'm in a position to make what I make in my job now with health insurance but I'm only doing it. I'm only doing what I love. That's yeah. it. That's the ultimate dream for me right, right now. I'm living my dream, but the next level of a dream is like, man, hopefully I'm blessed to make my salary now just creating. And I, everyone around me is fine. But I still have the health benefits and all that stuff. That's it. I'm good. And I saw that early on at a Dave Chappelle uh, 
Dave Chappelle um, interview on the inter inside the actor studio. I was 19 years old. I just started like doing a lot of comedy stuff. And he said that when he was ready to go out into that Hollywood stuff and his dad sat him down and said, you know, uh, I just want you to know that everybody wants to make it and everybody is not going to make it. And then Dave Chappelle said, well, that that depends on what your definition of what making it is. He's like, you're a teacher. You make $60,000 a year. You have health benefits and stuff like that. He said, if I can do that, just doing comedy, then I made it. Mm. And his dad said, you, you're ready. You can go. If, mm. you keep, if you keep with that in your mind, you can go. So that, that touched me. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. What is my definition of making it? Just yeah. like I shared with you, it's like, you made it. You did a mm -hmm. podcast. I know you have all the dreams. Everybody's always going to have all the dreams. Yeah. Great. Keep dreaming. But you accomplished one of your dreams already doing this podcast. You made it. Yeah. And now you have now the difference is now you have goals. Yeah. Right. People think that you have dreams. You accomplish it now. Like now what? Do I go back to being miserable? No. no. You're adding goals. <laughs> You're adding goals to your dreams now. Your bullet yeah. points. Yes. That was the dream. Now you have bullet points of where you want to reach. And now you you're like thankful and counting your blessings and grateful of the ride. Like, but you made it. You created mm. this journey for you. You made it, you know, and it's possible. It's your version of making it. It may mm -hmm. not be Hollywood make it and not be not be these other rich producers and things making it or having agents or other friends that you see having all the success. That's their version. Yeah. You made it. This is your version. And at the end of the day, you didn't sell your soul and you're still happy and That's you're right. healthy. You made it. That's right. I, I have my own red carpet out here. I'm just saying Boom. It, it goes, it goes real far down East stream. <laughs> there you go. And that who's to say that's not a great red carpet. That's a great red carpet to me. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I love one thing that you said just now about the ultimate happiness. It's, it's, it's interesting that, that you mentioned this because I made it a point that I wanted to journal while I was on vacation. I really wanted to reflect. And I found that time just kept going. Time just kept yeah. going. I was so it with myself, listening to that ocean, listening to, to the wind, um, feeling those sun rays. I hope I'm not making nobody jealous right now because I know it's cold in New York Super City. And, you know, I just so muted this whole thing. I'm the whole thing, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. But... Um, <laughs> He's like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> I got to finally journal and I actually wrote in my journal and I never do this. And this is like a mm. first time here on this show, but I, I actually wrote in my journal that I, I'm no longer upset with myself with certain setbacks. I'm actually now excited that I've set newer goals and that I'm mm. challenging myself all over again knowing that I've accomplished certain things once before, and I know I could do it again. And reflecting on the fact that I am truly happy with where yeah. I am in my life right now, even with, with the little hiccups, even with the little, you know, rocks along the way that I've had to like skip over, maybe tumble down a little bit. I am wholeheartedly, mm. genuinely happy with where I am. Mm. And I think it takes a lot of self-awareness and, and self-growth and I'm at, yeah, I, I honestly, um, there's, there's things that, you know, speaking on fears that I wanted to, to shine a little light on right now at 36 years of age. Let me, let me say it that way. 
I truly do feel accomplished and excited for what more I can accomplish in the next four years. Um, as I'm planning my 40th birthday party already, but, um, (laughs) I totally am, but I'm looking forward to what that future can hold. Um, keeping that ambition and that humility, so balanced, keeping my faith, keeping my belief, like there is a certain level of excitement, um, knowing that the fears are there, but they're not taking over They're They're not steering Mm -hmm. the wheel. Right. And knowing that I don't have any regrets that I'm okay with where life has taken me. And I wanted to ask you if where you are today, if reflecting on all those fears, reflecting on your journey, reflecting on this industry and the balancing act of it all, your show, the the series, do you have any regrets? And if you could also shine a little bit of light of, of that truth, when it comes to the series you have out there on your channel. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have, um, I don't have any, you know, I'm gonna be honest. Regrets of the careers. No, the only couple of regrets that I probably have, and this is very uh, naive and <laughs> uh, self-centered is when I was out there having fun and having my fun and I was meeting women. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> there's some regrets that I'm like, damn, why I never spoke up to certain, some of them like to come okay. out of my shell and say, you know, I could have spoke, not to say that I was going to lead to anything or whatever. Cause right, but-, I, you know what but I was like, but that was like me. There's moments of like, I had like, uh, cause if I was in a club or anything, like I was not the type of person to come up to you and be like, Hey, what's up, baby? You know, like, like, <laughs> like that was never my thing. I was always like the funny dude or whatever. And they introduced me that way. I was like, that was my way in, but there was different <laughs> regrets of like, well, let me try this other person to be this person that I'm like, you know what? I, I sometimes it'll just pop in my head. I'm, I'm like, man, why did I say what's up to her? Or why did I start a conversation? And like, I think of the fear that I had of getting rejected. And I think that's what makes me like, damn, I look at that moment. I wish I'd go back and just to see what happened, you know, do a take two. So, but that's the only thing, but big regrets in life of like what I am like, like dreams and no, no, because I would, if I did, if I didn't chase them, I think everything that I set out to do and what I wanted to do, I've been blessed to have people around me to help me get there. And most importantly, me believing myself to do them. And, um, I did them. And so like, if God forbid tomorrow I pass and I, I hopefully I don't, I'm blessed to see many more years of life. I would not have, I, I feel I, I would not have this feeling like, damn, I should have did this show. Or I should have did that. Or I should have learned how to play piano or, you know, because right. I still want to learn how to play piano. I just didn't stop to say, no, I'm not going to do it. Like I do have the ambitions to do it. Like, so for me, it's like, well, if I look back now, it's like, damn, I left a lot so far. Like in my, yeah. if I, if I had a, I, everyone, you have a legacy. I have a legacy for yeah. people to look back and be like, yo, his, his music touched me. His uh, shows touched me. Uh, him being a friend just mm-hmm. rec- touched me, me being his presence, uh, you know, let him hear me out. You know, I think I did or have been doing and conscious of like being aware of these things where I'm like, I don't want to leave uh, things, uh, undone because out of fear they may be undone because i ran out of time not because Mm. i was fearful and i let that to control me to not do it if i leave things behind it's because damn i was it was time to return home and Mm. that was the end of my journey but i'll be happy that i'll be coming back down again in another life to do them to finish them right new list new goals new journey so yeah i don't have regrets on on that on that type of level and i'm glad right because 
you know this, you'll talk to friends and some of them are older or some of them are your age or some of them are younger. And they're already mm-hmm. saying, I wish I would have done that. I'm like, motherfucker, you nope. can, you can <laughs> stop wishing. You can do it. Just do, yeah. You're yeah. just scared because what happens is right. This is what happens between the doers and the sayers. They don't want to do the work. They mm. see the work that they have to do. So they don't do it. So they rather just say it. And they think by saying it, it's so sufficient enough. It's just putting a bandit on there. You know, but like they lying to themselves saying, well, I said it so much that, you know, maybe it'll happen. But it's like, no, you got to do the work. And then there's a consistency behind it. There's preparation. There's organization. There's learning. There's growth. You know, this podcast stuff it ain't easy. You yeah. fucking have your life and those stuff and you got to lay this shit out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If you. The, if you slack, you're the one slacking. Your content is the one that's holding back. You're not going to. I learned this a long time ago. This is why I work with a selective group. And most of the time I work by myself. I don't want to leave my destiny in anyone's hands because mm. not everyone is on the same level, or same page of me of how I see things. And that's OK. You don't want to go for the ride, but I want to go for the ride and I'll be there. Hopefully you'll catch up. But if you need help, I'll make a U-turn to help you. But I'm not going to stay there for too long. Because mm-hmm. eventually I'm gonna have to go back around and go go keep on going straight up. So that's one. And then you said the show. Yes. That's also led to, you know, uh, during the pandemic, I was working on my third one man show, couldn't perform it. So I was like, damn, you know, this whole COVID shit is happening. Um, and I, you know, even now I still I have it, but I'm still figuring out what's gonna happen. So I I don't want to prematurely go out there. So I'm like, well, I'm just gonna keep working on it and writing it keep on getting it better and when things get better with this world you know <clears throat> i'll perform it and i know yeah. with time i don't like to rush things i feel like things are only when they're meant to happen they will happen i was like it's just it's not the time then so i just keep working it and then i had this other idea you know i'm going through fall to hurt i'm learning that i'm you know learning this shit especially yeah. like it takes a lot of time you know um it is a blessing but there's also ups and downs with it. I'm also questioning my ability of being a father. Uh, I don't, I didn't have one growing up primarily, you know, but I learned what not to do from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I am aware of uh, that. I did let a lot of those daddy issues and traumas go. So, but now I'm figuring out who I am as a father, right? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't grow up with a lot of kids around me. You know, I did have nieces, and nephews, but you know, my, my sister moved a lot and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I, that uncle role was fulfilled in other areas, but not fully, I felt. So mm-hmm. I was really into myself and what I was working on. So here I am having a child and I'm like, oh, damn, like, you know, I love this human being. It's my daughter and I'm learning from it. I'm like, but then like, uh, I'm not, I got to sacrifice time, but also I got to give time to myself. And then also I got another layer of being husband and then do work. So it was like all this stuff hitting me. And I'm like, what? I don't even know if I'm capable of doing this. Can I do this? All these things started happening. And then I'll go online. And then I'm seeing all the support that women have for mm. being a mother. And I'm like, God damn. Like what if the- one day they wake up and they're like, the, 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 the milk ain't coming out the titties. Like, girl, come over this group. We got a group where we talk about uh, milk don't coming out of titties. We got you, girl. If the, if the wife, you know, is going through it and they're like, you know, I just want to choke my husband with, oh, girl, we got a group for killing our husbands. Come on. We know how you feel. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit for men? Because <laughs> I'm going through it. And I have luckily I had a friend that we will we'll talk. But I'm like, yo, 
why why are we not talking about this? Why mm-hmm. men are not really, really, really talking about this? Mm-hmm. And not only not only on a on a father level, but also on a human level, how we right. feeling, and also our own daddy issues, because that should potentially and it will affect our fatherhood with our child, because that trauma will pass on to them. That's right. So I'm like, yo, why like I know we're not the only men talking about this. So then I I had this idea, kept it there. I'm like, yo. I just want a show to be about fatherhood, but deeper about fatherhood, where we talk about our fatherhood issues of our own dads and the issues that we're having now with our, you know, journey with our kids, you know, kids that we have. And I just want to have men talk. I, I literally said, I just want to see men be vulnerable and talk similar to like how I am on stage. Yeah. And um, I spoke to my friend, Jerry Diaz uh, about it. And he's another comedian that we see around the circuit. Mm-hmm. We will always say, yo, I'm a big fan of yours, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, man, we got to work together. You know, the industry, that, that industry taught that. So like, we got to work together. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until I invited him to my podcast. I'm a type of person where like, yo, if I'm, if I want to know more about you, I'm going to invite you to the podcast. And it's, it's, it's a story. The podcast is about everyday journeys. Everybody's is important. So let's get to hear that story. So let's bring you on. Like, I want to hear yeah. your story, man. Yeah. Like, I don't want to we're Latinos, especially in this in this world. Like, I don't want to hold on to this thing where like being jealous of somebody else because they're doing something. And I'm like, yo, he don't deserve like, nah, I'm going to nip this in the butt. I didn't That's feel that right. towards him. But I'm like, we're always around each other. Why don't we just actually sit down and just shoot the shit and talk? Yeah. Long story short, he's on the podcast. We vibing out. We, we got so much in common. Um, And he's talks about his daughter, his fatherhood. And I'm like, oh, man, this would be great. Once again, we should work together. Right. So now, months down the road, pandemic happened, got this idea. I'm like, yo, I think this would be great for Jerry and I to do this because he's also another dude that will speak about these things. So I tell him about the idea. He loves it because I was I went to the park and I started noticing when I took my child to the park, all these empty benches. Mm. And I was like, yo, we don't use benches no more. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I remember we used to sit down on a bench and shoot the shit and talk to people. Or, or even if we just need a break just to chill on the bench with the, our surroundings and be connected to around this shit is empty, bro. I'm like, damn, like yep. we don't use benches no more. And I was like, that's it. That's 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 what's going to be. Two dads of color. They meet on the bench They well, at a children's park and they just slowly starts connecting and talking about their life and if fatherhood stories and building this bond. Mm-hmm. And, and then I told Jerry about it. He jumped on board and we would, he would share stories from his life. And I was like, you mind if I, I take that and elaborate it and make it into something? So yeah, of course. Then I would take my stories. And then it just started building and building and building where we had these, this parallel life in the sense that we was going through very similar things with our own dads and the trauma with that and the anger that we had and also the funny and also stressful shit that we're going through about raising our kids. Yeah. And that's how dad repeat was born. And from yeah. there, you know, it was dads and therapy, dad repeat. That's how it came to be. <laughs> <coughs> and it was therapeutic. And Love while it. we're building this connection on set, like we we did a lot of zooms, but our, our relationship really built it, started to build it naturally while doing this show in front of you guys in the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's how it came to be. I just wanted to be truthful. I want to be honest. And, um, I wanted to put a shine a light on fatherhood 
and also to say that you're not alone and it's normal to feel what you're feeling mm. and and it's okay to share it's okay to be open what's not okay is to hold all those feelings in or to feel like oh that's gay to talk to another dude or that's mm-hmm. gay to have those feelings no you're hurting yourself by suffocating yourself you're doing more harm than you know because it's okay to talk about it you're human you don't even have to have a dick or pussy to be like oh what's your gender female male you're a human and human beings have emotion and it's okay to share and try to figure the shit out that's right that's right that's all i wanted yeah and and to say to the people in the back men have daddy issues too even if you're not a dad yet men have daddy. even if your daddy lived with you men have daddy issues too there's so Mm -hmm. much that 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 holds so much weight just Mm -hmm. in our upbringings by generation to generation Mm -hmm. let's just leave it at that but also let's not um shit just keeps going you know it's like you think it's gonna stop somewhere and it doesn't the same Mm -hmm. shit that that a lot of men didn't like that was said to them happening to them um shown to them um they say i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it and then they end up fucking doing it again right you know and that's how the cycles continue Mm -hmm. and so this this is it's so huge to me i I mean i I feel you right women go through something there's a group for everything i mean you're gonna lie Mm -hmm. now you're gonna lie there is um and 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 i've i've formed part of amazing groups too right and then i asked myself and and i and on this show we don't incriminate no one and i'm not gonna give no names but i've had some relationships with some pretty fucked up men but then some that were not entirely all around fucked up and even the ones that were fucked up i cannot say that i will look at them and say he was so malicious but in taking the time to know these men and taking the time to listen to certain things that they shared with me, that they would say, mm-hmm. um, even that I would hear them talking with other yeah. people, I realized that a good amount of them, a handful of them had daddy issues, whether their dad was there or not. Yeah. And, and it, it, it was, it, it's a real thing. It's a real yeah. thing on how I could see now my generation being affected by it the same way that a lot of men have mommy issues women do too and my yeah. mom is right downstairs and i adore her she's my entire life but yeah. there there was definitely a rift between us right growing right. up there there was definitely certain things that i just did not understand until i became a mom right, right. we touched on this early on in the show and so i think it puts so much into perspective and an understanding for men around 30s to to really look back to see this show watch it Mm-hmm. understanding whether you are a dad or not you um, will be a dad someday you may never be a dad but yeah. you came from a dad yeah and whether that person is there or not you might have some issues you need to deal with you need to be able to reveal with yourself yeah. at least even before you can reveal it to someone else and it truly impacts the people who are around you the relationships yeah. that you build continue to build um you know, I, I say this time and time again, um, I raise a young man. I need to make sure he's in tune with his emotions mm-hmm. and it's no secret with his father. We live in different states. We co-parent way better today than what we did before. <clears throat> but one of the things I've always put into my son's father was I fight for your relationship to be good with him. 
Mm. You know, and I think, you know, I, I will pat myself on the back and then I'll pat um, his his current wife on the back as well. Shout out to her because it took a lot of teamwork. Yeah. OK, between the two of us. And it still does to this day with, with some with some misunderstandings here. There still does to this day, because if if maybe he did have daddy issues, I don't want my son to have those daddy issues. And right. ever so often we fall in a space where it feels like there is a daddy issue. And I'm like, y'all got to talk about it. And it's me being that that therapy between yeah. my son's father and right. my son. Like, y'all need to talk about this shit. Like, you're old enough. You need to talk to your father. You need to talk to him. Y'all got to cut this shit out because we're not going to continue these cycles. Right. We're not going to keep this going. It ha- it's going to stop and it's stopping here in this house. It's so it's it's so important to communicate, right? And share your truth, no matter if they get it or not, your son and his father. Yeah. You know, and like you said, uh, kudos to you guys on working on that and making it an emphasis and a point to do it because you're just bottled it inside and nothing, uh, nothing happens after that. Like, well, what you're getting angry, but it does, nothing is resolved. That's what I'm trying to say. You're still holding on to it and it's affecting your life and you think you're getting away with something, but you're really not. It's going to come up. And like you said, and many different aspects of your relationship and also your relationship too within yourself and how you see things. Right. Um, and that's something with the show that I learned that, you know, that the love that I got from fathers, like, yo, man, it's so true. I relate to it. But also mothers and mm. women. I didn't know my I didn't know men had emotions like that. I didn't know men felt this way. Or now I understand my father or I have. They, they took the father out and related the basic uh, gist of the issues that we was explaining but they, they reverted back to their mothers. Mm-hmm. There's like, this is how I, this is how I am with my mom, mm-hmm. you know? So it opened many, a dialogue, yeah. which opened this floodgate that I'm getting mm-hmm. all this love because it came from a truthful place of people talking. And I'll get these messages and DMs or comments, them sharing their life. And, you know, and I think that's so beautiful because all I wanted was, I needed this to get it off my chest. Jerry needs to get it off his chest. And together we made this. And my wife was a director. This is us time. Me and her was directing. There's another aspect of us working together. Yeah. And she learned from it. She learned certain things from me. They're like, wow, you didn't share this to, to me. Uh, but you was going through. Yeah. And I just didn't felt like at that time was to share it. Right. I don't know. For whatever reason, I just didn't feel like it was needed because I, did, I, I felt like it didn't affect me that it was holding me back as a father. I just yeah. like, damn. And plus she's, a, she's like, we share things. I'm like, but it defeats the person. You're not, you're not, I need a man. <laughs> I want another man to talk about this. Like I, you're a woman and that's great. And we're going to talk about it. But I'm like, I've been around. I grew up with my, I was grew up with my mom and my sister primarily in the house. Like yeah. this will feel better if I communicate this with a man, because yeah. a lot of my communication that I did was with women. <clears throat> yeah. Every now and then a, one or two, men would share we would share stuff but it was i was more open just talking to women and i just want to change the narrative of like yo you know also that there's fathers there that's present in their lives and they're 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 of color you know they're dominican they're latino and they still there and they still hold this thing of like i i'm a dad and the responsibility and I just want to show that, yo, that they got feelings and they're talking about it. I just let's, right. ju- let's just talk, because right now where g- the generation is going, we don't know how to talk anymore. Everything is everything is on here. And this is mm. it's great, but it's also suffocating us and also ruining a lot of relationships because we don't know how to communicate without this shit. 
That's right. Before this came, we used to fucking use our words and talk to people. How are you doing? How are you really doing? Let's talk. You know, let's not text everything through here because it's not doing anything. And then you get your words are being misconstrued and all this stuff. Yeah. And you, you, so I think we need to get back to the basics of yeah. just communicating. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay yes. to have all the answers, but let's let's work this out. Let's figure it out. Let's let's let it go. Let's let's learn from this in a positive way, you know? Yeah. And like you said, co-parenting, that's fucking tough. But <laughs> is it is it impossible? No, it's no. possible. It takes work. And look, yeah. there's some people that want to be fucking assholes in the relationship and not make it work. And that's mm-hmm. when you still take the be the bigger person and say, well, I'm going to move forward without you. And your That's son right. is going to understand why. And I'm going to communicate that with our daughter and communicate that with her. Because yeah. in the long run, you're going to have to face your shit. And she may come back to you to let's talk about this shit. Yeah. And that's your journey. You That's know? right. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know about child, but I think I need another shot of honey. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm told I'm probably yeah. not drinking honey for several weeks. You're I'm probably still like, drunk, but you don't know. I'm probably still drunk. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like the waves are still happening. Yeah. Um, one more, <laughs> one more thing on that, a shout out to the concept of the bench, because if you're from mm. the hood, right, you know that, especially in the summertime. Okay. You had, if the pompa wasn't open, mm-hmm. you know, the fire hydrant, right? You had some, you know, modern day sprinklers at the park that were open and tanning happened at the park mm. bench. So shout yep. out to that. That just came to my mind because I did a lot of tanning right. on the top deck on a cruise. But, right. but I definitely used to take my kid or even we used to go to the park and the tanning, you know, we thought it was cute. We used to <coughs> yep. have to sit on that park bench yes. and we was there just watching everybody just taking in the sound of the trees and the wind and yes. the sun. And you knew, you knew the time of day it was, you knew the weather, all of that yes. just by sitting on that park bench. So yep. shout out to that concept mm-hmm. because so many can relate to that moment. But were we really paying attention to what was going around us? What was mm. happening around us? I can't tell you that. Looking back now to the many times I sat at a park bench, I cannot tell you how many times I did notice if there were dads sitting there talking. But mm. I did see lots of moms, definitely mm. lots of babysitters, right? Yep. But I can't tell you if I saw that many dads. And it mm. goes so much more into the concept of were they there? Were they working? Where were they? Mm. Right? There's yeah. so much truth to that. Um, so great concept, great idea. Uh, once again, guys, there's Thank in the you. show notes, you will have the links to um YouTube channel and also to these precise shows and, as well. And and one thing I just want to add on to another emphasis that I wanted to talk about in this show was showing that it's never too late as an adult, right? To still have those feelings and then face your dad about them. Oof. To go to them and say, yo, and we spoke about this early on. Yeah, you did some things that I didn't agree with. And I wish that you would have did it this way. And it's okay that if you feel if your parents feel attacked, right, and feel defensive and be like, well, I did this because of X, Y and Z. That's fine. Let them that's their truth. And you have your truth. But you're never too old to have that one on one to let them know. That's right. Show we show that not to do any spoilers, but we show that, like, you know, maybe I should, you know, uh, tell them and have a one on one because how many times you hear people who have these issues and their parents pass away and they Mm. cry and they go through this whole emotional journey Mm. and they always say i wish i would have told them how much i loved them or our issue i wish we would have solved this 
And right. guess what? It is fucked up that now all of a sudden you have this epiphany. So I wanted to show that while they're still here and they're alive, do it. But also it's never too late because mm-hmm. they spirit, they're still spiritually around. So you still can let go and share. Yeah. The only difference is you may not get a um, answer right away. They may find they may do it spiritually in different ways. Let's I don't know. I'm just using an example. Let's say you visit a gravesite and you had this long hour epiphany moment and you're sharing and you're letting go. Maybe a butterfly shows up on the graves. So maybe they show up in your dream. Yeah. You know, so there's many ways to get that answer back. And it's not always about them. It's about you doing it and letting go and sharing and getting it out. Yes. So. Yes, absolutely. And you, and you may not get the response you want to if they're alive. And that's OK. And that, but yeah. you, did this, you did that for you. You say, OK, yeah. I agree to disagree. You shared your truth. I shared mine. Now well, let's move forward, because now I know exactly what I'm going to keep getting out of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I'm and, no longer crucifying you. And take that. Take that as your answer to be able yes. to accept what you do get. Even you may want what you want, but then you also need to be able to accept what you're going to end up getting and, and take exactly. that still as a win. Take it yes. as a win because you got something at the end of the day. Yeah. Then living in that regret that could have, would have, should have. And you I did, did it. it. You still right. did it. You did it. You actually did it. So now, God forbid, when they go, you don't have that. I wish I would. You did. No, you did. The it, only right. thing, the only thing you would have is like, I wish we would have had that mother and son relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, daddy and son relationship. You know, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I. I still have that little void. Like I always say, I still have that void. That I, to this day, I still wish I had a father relationship. Yeah. I've yeah. been blessed to have father men play father figure roles and right. give me lessons. And I'm thankful for that. Right. And I'm a father now. And my daughter's giving me that love and that love to each other. So I take my wins. I take my losses. I, I will always still have a void that I wish I had that father around. Right. But the difference is I'm not dwelling on it. I'm like, I, I'm count, I'm I'm counting the blessings around me of what I did have because his small part of him not being around now, it may be huge, but in hindsight, I didn't lose anything. Yes. Like I still got everything that I still needed. Unfortunately, it didn't come from me. It came from other people, but I'm still have everything that I needed that I was supposed to have in this life. It mm. wasn't just by the book, mother, father, together, forever. I got it in different ways, mm-hmm. you know, and that's also fine. I created my own family. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the family by blood and then you got your own family that you create around you. And that's, that's also right. Great. Yes, that's right. Shout out to you for saying that concept. You didn't lose anything as cliche as this may sound, but I'm going to say it because it came to my mm-hmm. mind. Um, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Kate Hudson has a line mm-hmm. and she she's fighting with Matthew McConaughey and she's like, you can't lose something you never had. Right. Mm-hmm. You 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 took your wins. You take your wins. I mean, yeah. that's like a shitty love story. But you, the, the the concept <laughs> is though. It's like, is it really a loss if you never had it? Mm. You know, maybe there's a void to your point, right? Because right. it is something you never had, but you're not really losing. Right. You you didn't really lose, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I appreciate you bringing that concept to the table too. Um. We're gonna go into the overdose, which is our last segment of the show. And on this segment, we usually hear share something that we are either overjoyed with mm. or just completely over it. Mm. And it could be absolutely anything, anything you want to. I got just, one already. Uh, oh, he has one. All right. So I'm going to let you take the lead on this. Let it out. Go. I'm going to do overjoyed. Right. So oh. 
So I'm always been big onto uh like fashion, dressing up, my fedoras, all that stuff, okay. looking cute, shoes, yeah. all that stuff. I, it was something I always loved, just like okay. dressing up, right? So one of my dreams or passions was to like have a fashion line or uh like you know, I love the the styles from the 60s, 70s, and you know, men looking presentable and stuff like that. Um, and well kept ties, bolo ties, all that stuff. So I always had a, a, a dream or goal, like, man, I would love the same way I'm creating my own style and doing things. I would love to like maybe create my own clothing or something, put th- something together. So this is something new. I just, you're getting, this is just, just happened. So you're getting it fresh off the, the press, right? <laughs> so I was looking at, there was this, this hat store that I was looking into that they do customizations of fedora hats and stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, so cool. And I, I reached out a couple of times to be like, uh, I would like to work on a customized hat. You know, can we do it? And I'm like, yeah, you just come in, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until the third time that I was asking about this that it hit me that I said, well, why am I going to pay someone to work with them to customize my hat? Why don't I have a whole bunch of fedoras? Why don't I start customizing my own hats okay. and start putting elements of me into the hat, changing the the um the brim of it the the cloth the ribbon mm-hmm. that goes around it putting mm-hmm. little things in changing the feathers you mm-hmm. know getting different color one so i'm like yo i'm capable of doing that so i start doing youtube videos and looking at them stuff like that and then my wife is like yeah why don't you I was like this would be great so i get this overjoyed experience i'm like yo I'm going to buy like a cheap fedora hat from online and I'm going to start experimenting. I'm going to start mm-hmm. getting these different cloths. I'm going to start getting these different uh, ribbons and different things, learn how to sew a little bit. And I just started creating like uh, a hat, like for yeah. my wife. She said, start yeah. with me. I was like, yeah, I got you. So I, I started today because I got some pieces and items and I started customizing a fedora hat. And I'm so happy how it's turning out. And I'm like, I put on my jazz music and I'm like, and, I'm thinking, <laughs> and, I, and I came to her and I was like, yo, you're going to have to teach me how to sew this part because this is how I want it like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm so happy that I found another creative outlet where like, yes. right, I want it like to do clothes. But now I'm doing something that I love to do in the sense of like fedora hats and customizing it uh, the way I see it as a vision or like changing colors and stuff like that. And it just started literally the other day but today was the first time today i started like really doing it and like started sketching i'm like man if i could do this how would i able to do this well i gotta buy this so let's do it so yeah i started like customizing fedora hats amazing (laughs) y'all i love when people make announcements on my show you have no idea how overjoyed i am right now with this moment i'm Um, hype and my my wife is like yo i she's like i love to see like you should see yourself like you're so excited because i'm like she's like don't show me what you're doing I'm like, yo, I got to show you. I just did like, I guess I got this chain. I put the chain on. Look, look how, look how I make it looks different with the chain. She said, that's it. She said, don't show me no more. I was like, all right, all right. Like, yo, and then I'm like, I'm just seeing these other things. I'm like, oh, this, I'm, I'm like a little kid right now. Like I found yeah. another creative outlet. I'm like, I'm creating something. And it's, and it's not to toot, toot my own horn. It's dope. I'll show you like once the things is done. Cause I'm not ready to like, you know, show you the world yet. But yeah. Once we start recording, I'll show you what I got so far. I'm like, yo, yeah. 
So, yeah. y'all, y'all only gonna hear y'all only gonna hear about it y'all not gonna see it yet <laughs> but um absolutely oh my god that's so amazing first of all i love when people take those risks of mm. just like well why am i giving you the money for it like i could do this myself right first and foremost but second of all also coming from parents who worked in factories and sewed and I, my parents i i wrote about it recently and i'm going to share what my overjoy is but my parents worked in factories sewing and one of the gonna, things they I need can... you to, I'm going to give me the number because <laughs> I need YouTube lessons. No, I'm going to your house. Fuck that. Did you not? <laughs> yes, you're invited. No worries. Sundays, Ecuadorian feast. They might do the Carlos de Bolas like this. <laughs> yo, and I'm going to bring some hats and like, yo, mommy, I'm trying to do this. I don't know. She, she speaks. I don't really speak Spanish, about, but I'm like, yo, I, she, she understands. She, she understands because yeah, I understand. understand everything, but I can't really speak it. Right. I sound like a gringo. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say, yo, necesito ayuda. Para ese fedora, como como dice como dice así like so and then, so that's what's gonna happen. But she's I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna pick it up from her. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, this is amazing. But um, they used to actually. Uh, first of all, shout out to me for always volunteering my parents to do this. My mother was always volunteered to bake the cakes because oh, and and nice. again, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention what my overjoy is. Um, or like cook, you know, but need for the class. Um, mm. you know, definitely the cake for the bake sale, and. I volunteered my parents several years uh, <laughs> to um, sew the costumes for Pan American Day. Oh. And <laughs> mind you, this was aside from their nine to five, <laughs> which was in factories. OK, <laughs> so um, I used to volunteer for them to do that. And they would do the work for us. And, you know, yo, wow. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my mom could do it. <laughs> we have a sewing machine at home. My parents do this for a living. They know how to do this. No worries. And there's two of them. Right. My mom and my dad mm. and my dad shout out to my dad shout out to shout my out dad to and my mom used to sew these skirts together so i love when i hear that people are still using their hands mm. um when it it's comes a, to this level of creativity it's it's crazy right because you know growing up we we, we would laugh at it or joke yeah. about it or whatever yeah. you know what I'm saying like that's not a job or whatever but like you know it is it, it is takes skill yeah. and it is a job it's just yeah. as important as a police officer or all those it's all a skill those. people people and it's funny because as you see it, it's almost like a dying art. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's not something that's being taught. Yeah. That's not something. It's like, you know, not everybody wants to be a, a plumber. A plumber right. is, a, is a job. You know what I'm saying? Or like these these skills that we need with our hands or whatever. It's yeah. like, it's, it's like frowned upon. Yeah. It's not it's, it's not in high demand. <laughs> it's right. just like, now nah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm just like, where, what's going to happen to all these other people? That's still, yeah. like, it's still, a, and it's an art form. Yeah. I know that they, no matter if it was a job for them or not, I could yes. tell like it probably wasn't knowing that they do it, but pr- if they did it on their own and their spare time to create something for somebody else, that's yeah. a, that's the, how they show love. That's a creative yeah. moment for them too. A therapeutic moment. So, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. overjoyed moment. Yes. It, so all the overjoy, um, I want to give a quick shout out and I've definitely mentioned them on this platform, but I definitely want to quick give a quick shout out and encourage my listeners that they didn't see it because I was on a cruise for 10 days and I reposted it as soon as it came on um, and I will continue to repost it. But speaking on community, speaking on Latinos, supporting Latinos, which, you know, Rick, you brought this up and, and it is very important um, and just how meaningful it has been to me to be part of this community one way or another. Mm. Um Vecina Couture is Dominican-based, Afro-Latina-based uh, brand and company. And 
there's a lot of concept of the vecinos and the vecinos. And I've spoken on this a little bit on the show. And it was me supporting a robe for, for, for your female, right? La vecina. And I have so far two robes and I'm hoping they come out with the third color that I want. And, and to the point of where my money goes, my money goes where I support my community, people who support me, but also mm. that, that I can relate to. And, it, and it's more meaningful to me than anything else, right? Yeah. They reached out to me. Nice. And I was just like in, in shock, but also so humbled and, and so grateful that I was just asked, hey, we would like to feature you as Vecina of the Week. Mm-hmm. And it happened to occur while I was on my vacation. And it, w- it, w- it was just so such a moment for me to be first stop in San Juan, Puerto Rico, seeing mm-hmm. this, you know, being posted, me being a, a daughter of immigrant parents, um, Ecuadorian, born and raised in the Bronx, you know understanding that our neighborhood support was from the vecina and the vecino. It mm. came from our own community. It came from the upbringing of having an elevator in a six floor apartment building that never worked. And so we mm. needed each other's help just to carry groceries up, or we needed this, or we needed that, you know, little things like that, little moments like that. And it was just so reflective for me to be able to sit there and, and understand that I was able to tell a little bit of myself in a series of videos but part of that concept was to talk about the matriarch of my family. Mm-hmm. And I was able to shine light on my mom. Mm-hmm. And I was able to tell a little bit about who my mom is to, to us, who my mom was, to, to her community. And it wasn't until I started writing that I realized just how much my mom has done. Mm-hmm. You know, she went from working in a factory to volunteering in our school, still sewing costumes to raising four kids, traveling from the bro- from the Bronx to Hoboken, New Jersey, to work in that factory every single day to come home to cook, you know, and, and, and even more reflective that when she became a grandmother, she went and got licensed to open up her home daycare and then ended up taking care of kids in the neighborhood. Like it was so reflective for me. And, I, and I'm just, I'm such an overjoy because I keep it all the way raw here. Yeah. My relationship with my mama has never been perfect. Yeah. I was definitely a problem child. Okay. I'm an outstanding citizen today, but I was definitely a problem <laughs> child. Okay. But you was finding your way. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah and you, you, knew, know? you know, you knew that there was many things to be yeah. happen, explore. And you, yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 And, but I, I, and as much as there's so many things I don't agree with her and there's so many things we see at odds today, I would not be able to do so much that I do if it wasn't for her. And I am truly blessed to, in all her imperfections, have her so perfect for me. And I'm truly overjoyed that I was able to tell a little bit about her to be able to tell my story. Yes. I thought that was beautiful. And I'm so happy and proud of both of you guys. Yeah. You should invite her on your podcast and learn about her story. Well, you know what? I think she Mm -hmm. will come back because she actually came on the show for a little snippet. Um, episodes ago, and I'll probably share uh, on the show notes yeah, that link. She, I I highlighted um yeah I highlighted uh two guests of mine to talk about DACA, mm. and I opened up the show a little bit of my mom's journey when she came to this country, mm. and she Check may just out. have to come back on the show because yeah. um you know I I think I think it's it's a raw moment to be able to look at your entire childhood, your entire upbringing, your life today. Um, understanding your voids, understanding your fears, understanding what's been there and what has not, and understanding who you are today and being able to your point, Rick, to see all your wins, all yeah. your success, to be okay with that. 
because yeah. I don't think anybody's life is perfect, yeah. but I think life is what we fucking make it. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to look at it through the negative lens, it's going to your point, suck us completely dry yes. and we're not going to live life at all. Yeah. And I owe this overdose and this overdose to my mama. I would like for you to tell my listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you, support, subscribe. Um, so then y'all can stay tuned for the fedoras when it comes out on sale and we'll just shop and we're going to go uh, for the launch party and all yeah. that. <laughs> Wait, you, you could, you could find me at D's house. Cause I'm going to get uh sewing lesson from my mom. So start, start Sunday. tomorrow, Sunday, Sunday. Starting this Sunday. So if you want to say what's up to me, I'll be there eating some um, Sancocho, their yeah. version of Sancocho. Yeah. And learn how to sew certain things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but they can follow me on rhcomedy.com on uh, on Instagram. It's called uh, rhcomedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram too for Dadrapy, uh, D-A-D-R-A-H-P-Y. You can mm-hmm. follow us there, the Winning Cloud podcast. Yeah. But if you go to rhcomedy on Instagram, all my information is there. The link yes. is in the bio. And the same thing for Facebook too. you know, uh, reach out to me. I'll share you the link. Um, or if you just want to say what's up, I enjoy listening to you. That's also cool too. Uh, slide in the DMs. It's fine. Yeah. It's cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then let's connect, man. Um, and if you don't, that's also fine. <laughs> that's also cool <laughs> too. You know, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had a lot of fun here. So whether you didn't like it or not, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and i love getting to know you and sharing you sharing your story and yeah. i'll learn i would love to learn, know i can't wait till you're on our platform yes. so i get to know more about you yeah and also learn about your mom too when you do a part two and i want to check out part one but yeah, yeah. you know what thank you so much for you know accepting my request to be here i'm yeah. truly and honored and humbled and once again man it um i just knew you but knowing the glimpse of what it took to do this that's i don't take that lightly i'm always would love to help people or shine a light on them like yo i know what it takes to do that and kudos to you so i want to say i'm proud of you and proud of what you you. did to do this man i'm super happy for you and i wish you nothing but the best and much love and success because it's going to keep growing and it's going to keep uh taking you places within yourself and to other places that you can imagine and haven't imagined it right and keep building that connection and keep being on that boat cruising (laughs) 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 thank you rick you know the the concept here is you know we get comfortable being uncomfortable no topic is ever off limits Mm. and I think you embody that so well (laughs) with your shows and Mm. uh you know that type of um performance and visionary mixed with truth in mm. in in a concept that we can understand and relate we should never take that for granted and we should support it 1000 percent um so the the links will definitely be in the show notes how to reach out to rick um check out his work support subscribe um all the works and your podcast as well absolutely as of now you tell me when and where and i'll be there nice. um you know again aside from sunday with the sangocho and all that jazz <laughs> but um <laughs> be more than happy to and as always guys this has been another week and another episode on Double Dose of Raw Talk podcast. I'm your host, Misty, and you guys will tune in next week. Bye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we are live on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>